Welcome to Senior Connect, a podcast by Okra. In this episode of Feed Your Brain, host Andrea Barato talks with Jean Makesh, CEO of The Lantern Group, to discuss learning a client's or a loved one's past to better assist them as they regress due to dementia. Hello, and welcome to Feed Your Brain. I am your host, Andrea Parado. As one progresses through the stages of Alzheimer's disease, they tend to revert backwards through their younger years. Access to early life experiences could equip caregivers with the information and the knowledge to grant the individuals the opportunity for new great experiences. I am joined today by Jean Makesh, CEO of The Lantern Group. Hi, Jean. Hi, Andrew. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Today, I would like to talk a little bit about demands and traits and how can information gathering and the utilizing of that information that we collect assist others in having meaningful and purposeful engagements with their loved ones that they may be caring for. I have to tell you a story that the only way I can effectively uh, describe demands and traits is actually telling my own story. Tell me a story. So, in a couple of years ago, I I uh, I had to go attend uh, my college reunion, and uh, which I <clears throat> look forward to. So much fun catching up with my friends. And uh, I mean, my friends live in different parts of the world, different parts of the country. So they all come. It's a nice time. We all have a good time. And this time, what they did was they invited our families. So, you know, of course, I took my wife and my three kids. And um, we get there and uh, <clears throat> uh, my, my peers, my class, my classmates and my juniors, they all got a chance to see my kids. Uh, it's been almost five years or maybe even more than five years. And, uh, you know, when I was in college, uh, you know, I was uh, very laid back. I was, uh, uh, I was always smiling, laughing, never took life uh, seriously, um, never really planned anything. I just lived my life. Uh, and uh, so I was, I was into having a good time. <laughs> um, and uh, it's always parties and dancing and mixing music and, and things like that, really doing crazy stuff, like fun stuff, right? And uh, my children have never seen that and have never, they never knew about that part of my life. Um, and when, when they were down there, my friends, you know, and, and everyone was like, wow, you should know your dad. You, you know, your dad used to do this, your dad used to do that. Your dad was fun, you did this, he did that, man, you guys, you kids are so lucky to have him as your dad because, I mean, he was so much fun. My daughter was like, not really. <laughs> in her mind, I could see it in her eyes. And, 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 and then as, as, as we were driving back, and she started asking a lot of questions. My children were very, very you know, intrigued by that experience. And they said, Dad, you know, we never see that side of you. And, and that's when I realized, see, what happens is... Um, you know, I'm an avid coffee drinker right now. Um, I never drank coffee. I never liked coffee. The only reason I started drinking coffee is because my wife loved coffee. Hmm. And uh, I started drinking coffee for her so that I can, when we go out, we can have a, a good time. Um, and now I'm, I'm a coffee drinker. I, I, and, but I, I don't think even my wife knows that. Huh. Uh, 
I drink coffee. My children have seen me drink coffee every single day. But the reason I share the story is my children only know what I have shared. My children only know who I am, what they see on a daily basis. You know, prior to me getting married, I had different responsibilities, different viewpoints of life, very different perspective. After I got married, it was different. And that's what my wife knows. She has seen. And after we have children, you know, the key thing is it's all about kids, right? Once mm-hmm. you have children uh, and, and, and as the children grow, all they hear from is don't do this, don't do that. You can't go there. You can't do this. You know, you got to get up in the morning or they, they, I, I, I pick them, I, they see me as someone who is always constantly giving instructions or being a disciplinarian and, 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 and holding them accountable and empowering. But they really have not seen the fun me. Right. So I have not taken time to share that with them either. Okay. Now, let's go back to the same story. I'm 90 years old. I have Alzheimer's disease. And uh, with Alzheimer's disease, according to theory of retrogenesis, and I, I've seen that uh, very often. I'm sure, Andrew, you've seen that, in your, seen that in your clinical setting, that as, as a senior goes through the disease process, they start reverting back to their early childhood days. Yes. So depending on what stage they are in, you know, they could be a 10-year-old, they could be a 20-year-old, they could be a 5-year-old, they could be an 18-month-old. So depending on the, uh, the, the disease stage, let's say that I am, at that a given day, I could be a 10-year-old. My memories are of a 10-year-old. Okay. Between a 10-year and a 14-year-old. See, now I never took time to share what, my, what I was, who I was when I was a 10-year-old. Or when I, what I did when I was a 14-year-old. My, my wife has access, no access to that information. My children has no access to that information. So when they come down to see me, let's say they're visiting me. I'm, I'm a 10-year-old that day, I'm a, or it could be a 14-year-old. I'm in my own world, my 14-year-old, 14-year-old world. I've reverted back to those days, and, and those memories are still there. I'm not able to engage with my wife or with my children. And they would, when they would ask me questions, they would talk to me, they would, they, well, I always say it's not good to ask questions because no one likes to be questioned. We as humans, we don't like anyone questioning us. So you may want to avoid asking questions to an Alzheimer. Okay. Uh, that would be seen as a, a form of interrogation and or, or a form of a feeling of not being good enough. It could mean a lot to them. So it's very important to avoid asking questions. You know, you create opportunities where you can have a meaningful and a fun and purposeful discussion you don't want to ask questions so let's say that my wife is visiting me and uh, she's talking about today well i am in 1970s late 70s okay you know my world is late 70s the music things that i can relate to potentially who the president is prime minister is the governor is whoever it is at that time my engagements you know with the world my mm-hmm. life, that's where I am. If I did not share that information, my, my, my 14-year-old information with my children 
or with my wife, they will not be able to meaningfully engage with me. Okay. So they would not know what I'm talking about. They would say, that is not making sense. You know, it really creates, a, a, it doesn't make that experience. Remember, we talked about the great experience at one point. It does not, there are the, the opportunities for her or for me to have that great experience is nullified. So it's, it's very important, I, uh, I think, in my mind, is to understand we all have a certain traits and we, uh, I call them virtues or characters, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, which f- defines our personality, who we are, and that the personality creates a sense of demand to people around us. Okay. Um, so it's important, you know, for me, one of the things that I do now is I talk to my children about my life a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, 20-year-old. And, you know, for example, before I met my wife, I had a few other friends, uh, female friends. And uh, even though it's not appropriate, I think it's important for my children to know a bit about that. Uh, because because if, if I have the disease and I revert back, if I retrogenesis, there's a very good chance those individuals that I knew at that during that era during the time frame they become significant to me and those memories become significant i should say and then i would bring their names and i may even actually call my wife you know by another name that i'm that i'm very familiar with so it's very important i think in my mind i think we as humans now we know about the disease it's a progressive disease and 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 um and I always say that when you get when you get old, there's a chance that you may have the disease, or there's a chance that you would actually care for someone that who have the disease, or there's a chance that you would know someone that have the disease. That's what we're looking at, you know, when it comes to Alzheimer's disease. So it's important, I think, uh, for us as families or friends to have those kind of um, informative engagement with our family members about our own lives. I want to touch base on a kind of a touchy subject, a little controversial probably. Um, You know, you talked about retrogenesis and how you may be living in the 70s where we're in present day and I'm trying to engage with you and you're talking about things from the past and I'm trying to bring you up to speed on on, on the present. So the question is reality orientation. Is it a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? Well, let me, I'm going to respond to that question by asking, by describing a scenario. Okay. And then I'll ask that same question to you. Okay. Um, so I have a, a three-year-old. Okay. A three-year-old sees things very differently than I do. Yes. Engages with things very differently than I do. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, the what do you think is the right way? If I want to bond with a three-year-old, do I inspire, motivate, and encourage the three-year-old to enter my world, which is, you know, my age-appropriate world, or you think I would be able to win favor if I dive into the way the three-year-old is thinking? I don't think that as a three-year-old, I would be able to understand your world. 
I think that you would have to enter mine. Yeah, you would right. have to meet me where I am because there's no way I could understand and process how your world works at your mature level. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, there's a way I, I motivate a three-year-old to, to bond with me, um, encourage a three-year-old to, you know, drink uh, milk out of the milk bottle mm -hmm. or uh, uh, feed himself mm -hmm. or, or herself. Uh, the way I play with a three-year-old, you know, I have to get to the, I have to lay on the floor, right. get on my knees, crawl. They're not going to do the They're, New York Times crossword puzzle. You have to do activities that are sort of exactly, at a three-year-old level. Exactly, exactly. You know, it, you're right. It, it, it truly is a controversy. Uh, I still remember that, uh, you know, there was the, this topic was very hot. And I heard one of them say, tell me that, well, um, and uh, the, the individual that I was talking to, speaking with, she was, she, I, I think she was in her late 30s. And uh, she told me that, well, if I have the disease, I don't want you to lie to me. You know, I don't want you to tell me if I am saying something, let's say that I'm looking for my mom, you know, or looking for my four-year-old, I need you to tell me that my mom is dead or you don't have a four-year-old, you know, your four-year-old is about 50 years of age now. And I don't want you lying to me. Well, it's easy for her now, she doesn't have the disease, for her to say that. It's very easy. I agree. Right? Because, but after, when you have the disease, and you start, if you cross, you know, to me, I'm 90 years old, I have stage five, or st let's say stage three, I'm a 20-year-old at this point, you know, cognitively, mm -hmm. the memories that I have. And uh, I'm telling you that my mom is alive. And I'm telling you that I have to go home to take the, pick the kids uh, from school. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me that I'm 90 years of age, my mom is dead, and my children are not there. Now, not only you actually created a, a situation where... I will not be able to understand and I will not be able to understand, uh, uh, relate to what you're saying. Now, if I, for the first time I'm hearing my mom is no more, if I'm very attached to my mom, I'm going to start crying. Now, you actually have instigated or stimulated a behavior that was so unnecessary. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I, it may also co cause me to be aggressive or make me agitated, you know, scream, I, I may end up screaming, yelling. I, I don't know how to deal with that. Uh, the trauma, the emotional trauma, I may express in a very different way. And, and now all of a sudden I've created an opportunity or you have created an opportunity for me to, for, uh, for me to, in need of a psychotropic drug. So there are a lot of things involved. You, my, my, what I've seen that works really, really well is a senior or an individual with Alzheimer's disease, they li they're living in a world, and I call that revelation to a unique world. They're living in a very unique world. Okay. Sometimes, you know, they can express that world to us. Mm -hmm. They can describe the world to us, either through words or through behaviors. Sometimes they may not be able to. Again, it depends on the stages of the disease.
the disease process where they are with the disease. So I don't think it's fair for me to drag them into my world and uh, really create chaos, confusion, agitation, aggressiveness, and other form of dysfunctional expressions that potentially could end up putting them, hurting them, harming them. Um, so what I, I try, I don't orient anyone to reality uh, because they all they are living in their own reality. True. Yes. And uh, they believe in that reality. Yes. And that's why they're expressing that reality. Yes. So it is important for me to understand what that is, what world they are in, what they are thinking, and how they would like to live in their own world. And uh, as a caregiver, it's important for me to understand for me to understand that they're living in their own world. Number one, number two, is I got to find a way to dive into their world, uh, allow them, enable them to allow me into their world. Yes. Through engagements and meaningful interaction. So I would say I would I would I wouldn't um, orient uh, uh, an individual with Alzheimer's to reality. Thank you, because I feel grief is hard enough the first time and to go through it all over again in your older years has got to be rough, especially when you're already dealing with the ups and downs of having Alzheimer's disease. So thank you for your enlightening understanding of reality orientation. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.okra.com for more great content.